Hello and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Uh, ben is back and so too is a very, very smug Marcel Mathis. Uh, but before we get going, just to recap, uh, Switzerland's Marco Odermatt maintained his strong start to the season when he won the Val d'Isère giant slalom with Alexi Pantera in second and Manu Feller. A surprise place on the podium. Over in Switzerland, Lara Gutbarami smashed the first race of a Super G double header in Samaritz, finishing ahead of Sophia Godget and Michaela Schifrin. Pretty uh, form podium there. And in the second race, Lara Gutbarami was the absolute favourite, but she overcooked it, catapulting herself through the nets, uh, which left a surprise winner, actually. Rignoni taking her first win of the season, Elena Cortoni in second, and Michaela Schifrin picking up another podium in third place before we head back to Val d'Isère for the first slalom of the 2022 World Cup season. And it was local boy Clement Noel who absolutely smashed it to take the first win of the slalom season. Uh, in second place was a surprise podium yet again from Christopher Jakobsen of Sweden. Uh, and then Zubcic, not making it in the giant slalom podium, but certainly managed to step up on the third spot of the slalom podium. Gentlemen, plenty to get our heads around for this weekend's action. Highlights quickly of the weekend. I'm going to go first. Um, Dave putting in his uh, probably best ever result. Uh, Val d'Isère skiing like an absolute monster, although really annoyingly uh, over the two runs, just being a hundredth behind uh, Fisher teammate Daniel Yule after their uh, <laughs> Insta Live the other week. Uh, uh, taking the absolute uh, mick out of each other. I couldn't believe what I was watching with those two exactly the same time on the first run and then only a hundredth different on the second run. Uh, so they're definitely on identical skis. Marcel? I think the slalom was definitely a highlight. I'm going to jump into that a bit later, but I mean, you could just see some trends, I think, that might be happening this year. Oh, yeah. um, younger skier coming out and just going full speed and others maybe not that much because there was there were a couple of upsets on the slalom for sure. I mean, there not been any Austrians in the top 15 apart from Fabio Gastrein's a pretty big yeah, one. They were, they, they were not happy. Um, at least the media was not happy. <laughs> Should we, let's, let's just start there then, shall we? It was, it was, uh, it looked epic, didn't it? That hill, the snow, the scenery was pretty picturesque. Um, and oh my God, did... Did Clement Noel absolutely hand out an ass whooping to the whole of the World Cup field? That one point was it 1.43? 1.4? Absolutely 1. 4, yeah. demolished the rest of the field. Yeah, he skied in incredibly. I mean, his first run looked amazing, but on, on the second run, you presumed he would be kind of holding that lead that he had. But he won the second run as well, even when other people were really struggling. And there was that weird little section where I think it was the guy, probably the other two guys on the podium. There's about three or four guys in a row either skied out or made horrendous mistakes on the second run. It looked like the pressure was getting to everyone. And then Noel just skied down like he was the first one down again. <laughs> it's pretty epic though, wasn't it? I mean, like obviously Feller, <laughs> he didn't have like, he had a bit of a shocker, I guess, but... If you, I was just like, it was just interesting for me to see there. It's like Jakob uh, Christofferson, 20, bib 21, bib 16, bib 12, bib 28, like 34, 30, 31, 37, 52, 32, 36, 35, 48, 43. And then this is, sorry, a lot of numbers, but 
if you look at the result, so many people from outside the top 30 in, in the starting order being in there is something that's very rare. And I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the first guys on the, on the top group and stuff, they maybe just took it a bit too lighthearted. Um, and and yeah, those definitely. are going full speed. Like you can see a lot of young people, a lot of young skiers in there. And they just they just go to the limit and you have to go on or you have to be on a limit if you want to win anything. And obviously, fair play today if he's about the oldest by 10 years in there. So good for him. <laughs> we're not we're not talking about age, Marcel. Um, it's just a number, right? That's what, that's what I think. Oh, I forget about Rasoli. He's like nines as well. He's a bit old. <laughs> he was one of the guys I was going to call out as well. But you're, you're right, especially as well. Val deserves not one of the places you expect people to be coming in from that far back because it's so steep. It generally cuts up a lot more. So normally it's a case of if you're not in that first group, you're struggling. But like you said, there were so many guys that you said that, um, uh, that the Spanish guy, uh, Salarich, is an incredible second run. It just, it, it's always one of those questions when people make the 30, you're like, okay, were well, they going to go for it and, try and get the best possible performance and take advantage of that clean track or are they just going to be super excited to have made the second run and just get down so that they can get those points in the bag um, we, we, and there are a few people at the start of the second run that really went for it yeah I think I think that sort of holding back side of things to just score just score points I'm not sure that that really exists certainly not on the men's side of things anymore because the margins are so ridiculous there's just I just don't think there's any space there's no point with the WCSL list to try and yeah score World Cup points, so they're not yeah I've, I've scored World Cup points. One of those sort of things. What's it's pointless? And these guys are all, you know, if you made a slalom second round, you're in a shout with the top ten. You're in a shout with the top five relatively easily with with all of that sort of stuff. Uh, one of the people I did feel quite sorry for was old uh, Tangy Neff. With his first case straddle, I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but I mean, not, I've not done it on TV, but I've certainly done it in, in races in my history. It's just you know, so all, bad for the guy. You've all been there. Like it, it looks, it looks really, and I'm sorry to say that, but really stupid when you do it. But honestly, like that happens so quickly because you're pushing out of the gate, and I obviously have no been no slalom specialist by any means, but you push out of the gate. And the first gate, or the first actual gate comes so quickly. Yeah. And it's just like, you do like, your timing is maybe off by like a millisecond and literally you just straddled. Yeah, because like, you haven't, because you haven't even skied on those, you haven't skied on those skis. So they're all, they've got all their finishing wax, all the top wax on them. Even the slalom skis will have that sort of stuff on them. So you'll have skied down to the start. Yeah, on a good set of skis, but they've not got top wax on them. They, you've probably done at least warm-up runs on them already before you get to start so actually when you push out the start gate you can easily see how one little uh, microsecond too early with pressure and all of a sudden your incredible work is already over i mean even the great marcel Hirscher has done that before we've seen him do that as well do you remember no where was that can you, you gonna pull that out a good stat God. He's definitely done it. I can't. I couldn't tell you where it was, but I've, again, it was the first or second. Stat but man. come on, but but also as well, you spend so much of your time being taught to kind of look further ahead as well. By the time your head's pulling up, you're already kind of concentrating <laughs> on like the second and third gate, 
just because it's so automatic <laughs> that you'll pass the first gate and then you before he realizes he's either the wrong side of it or got it stuck between his legs but i mean similar to him although the other end of the course vinazza was absolutely flying oh. and just couldn't hang on um i didn't think he'd finish the first run the way he normally skis but he skied beautifully um and it didn't look like he was attacking anywhere as near as much as he normally does but he had a great first run and then that second run just couldn't hang on at the bottom it was so unlucky yeah, that was a that was a tough pill to swallow, wasn't it? You know, it would have been second and actually made the winning margin look a little bit a tiny bit more respectable, wouldn't he? Because he, I think he was he was under a second, wasn't he? Uh, would have been something like that. But so uh, that's tough. I mean, it's, that's happened to him before. I'm pretty sure that happened to him. I'm not going to say because that would be it would be made up. But it definitely happened to him last season where he's uh, <laughs> like straddled the last gate. It wouldn't be surprising if you just make something up going along. Happened in uh, yeah that pit style World Cup, you know the. <laughs> <laughs> it happened on the dry slopes um, in 2012. Yeah, when he's Vinatz is always he's always on the dry slopes. That's where he's that's where he learns craft. Like quite good at, yeah, I think he will be quite good on the dry slopes because he has like that kind of technique, doesn't he? Um, I reckon he'd probably be pretty good. Yeah, I think we'd give him a run for his money. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. But yeah, anyway, but somebody who did learn their craft on dry slope, we've already mentioned it, Dave Riding. What a, what a solid performance there. We talked about it on the pod, didn't we? How he's like, oh, he doesn't like Val d'Azer, hasn't ever gone well there. And they said on the last pod, that's exactly what he used to say about Kitzfield. And then two monster runs, barely a foot wrong. Uh, and he just looked, he looked solid, looked in control, looked like he had more gears, really. Uh, and I think what a way to start a season somewhere where you, you're not normally famed for doing that well. Yeah, it was, it was brilliant. And similar to him, like we said as well, Yule, who had an absolute shocker by his standards last year, they both kind of really laid a marker down for where they want to go this season. But Dave, I mean, he lived up to his nickname uh, on, on both runs, really. that Those first 10 gates, he absolutely flew out of the start. And I was like, oh, has he gone too hard here? Hope he can hold it together. And he's been absolutely brilliantly. Um, you know, none of the struggles we're used to seeing from him on, on, on that pitch. And it wasn't as though it didn't cut up on that second run. Yeah, it was. It was. It was immense. It was an immense second run. Managed to hold that pressure, and yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was exceptional. Um, it's, it's actually surprising he's never been that good in Baltazar because you would think, with his really solid technique, he would like be on those. Because usually in Kidsville, it's like really tricky with all the rollers and stuff, and he's doing really well on the on the tricky on the tricky bits usually. So you would actually think. Valdezer might be something that he, he likes. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think also Valdezer, the weather's been pretty crap there for quite a few years. I, I think I, I've been there. He's a, he's a good weather skier because he's from Great Britain or what you want to say. <laughs> we're, we're used to the good weather over here. Yes, yeah, so famed for being tropical up north of England. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it, it, you know, what, what a start to the season. Let's hope that he's able to to yeah, use, use, a, use a result where he's not normally sort of as happy to then push into the really good ones as long as he's happy in china that's all that matters right very true very true um christopher jacobson he's he's been right stat time oh oh hang on a wait stat hold up hold up we got stat time incoming, we need a incoming stat alert. we need a buzzer <laughs> i need a I need a sound effect. Yeah, it comes to Stella. Um, so, well, we were talking about how massive uh, Noel's winning margin was. 
in 10 men's World Cup slalom races last season, the biggest winning margin was 0.76, uh, set by Foss Solveig over Schwartz in Flakau. So 1.4 seconds is double that, uh, is just how much more ridiculous his win was uh, than any slaloms from last year. Although I think if we go back maybe five years, I'm fairly sure there'll be some races where uh, Herschel has taken a second and a half out of the field. That's, that's probably true. That is probably true. Yes, nice one, Statman. Living up to your name, finally. Um, Actually, isn't there? There is like this. There is like a, a web page where you can see the time difference. I can't remember the name of it, but I think there is ski a ski-db.com. Is that it? <laughs> it might be. I don't know, but I, I remember. I remember there is one web page where you can see. Yeah, the time that, difference that over is. A that is it. That's like that's the home of the stats. It should be Ben's page, but a guy called it, it, um, it probably is Ben's days. No, it's um, I think it's, his first name's Marco. It's Paco. Um, he uh, the guy that runs it, really good. So yeah, if you do actually want a load of stats, head over to ski-db.com and and you can fiddle around on the website and find out whatever stats you want. Do we need to talk about the people who were massive disappointments? I think we need to talk about Pantero because he looked cagey already. Marcel, go. I mean, Schwartz will, will Schwartz will let off because it was always a rush to get back for this race. Um, and he definitely didn't look his normal self, but Schwartz, Pantero, Matt and Strasser all not qualifying is hilarious um, in how strange it is because, like you said, we're not used to seeing all of those guys mess or one of those guys mess up, let alone all of them on the same day. Marcel, yeah, what, I mean, what do you think? Things like it didn't look very comfortable, I don't think. Um, I mean, he made this mistake, right? So he probably would have qualified. But, I mean, it, it still wouldn't have been great, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, <sighs> you know, you know it, it's, it's a tricky one. Like, I mean, this season, he had a... Well, talk about it later, but he had a, this podium on the weekend, so that's good. But obviously, I don't think he has completely gone in, into the season yet or been like comfortable in the season yet because it that is a tricky one, right? You win the overall World Cup, obviously, your expectations are high as well. Um, as we said with some other people like Linsberger and stuff, um, and I guess, I guess it's just one of those things where. Maybe it didn't work out that well, but I'm sure it's gonna be it's gonna be better. I, I don't I don't doubt that he's gonna he'll um pick up his form. I, I do you know what I think it was? I think that he skied so well on the first day in the GS, and he didn't win. I think that's you know for, from a personal purely speculative um, point of view, I kind of think that he skied so well on that Saturday. And Odomat still went faster and still beat him. But I think that took it that sort of took him a little bit by surprise. And then I think he's then going, right, well, means I've got to do even better in slalom if he's going to pick up these points, if he's skiing that well in GS. And I just think he just looked a little stiff. He looked like a just didn't quite look like his normal fluid self. It kind of just looked a bit, I don't know, bitty. I'm not sure if that's yeah, ski racing phrase, but that's kind I mean, of it's all the tricky because they've obviously he's been traveling to to America and like you know Canada those races there you don't get much slalom training in unfortunately when you do that no and I I think that is obviously it's 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 not great and I mean Odermatt he's on flying form so that will take its toll for everyone because he seems to be yeah unbeatable at the moment we're going to try and 
Uh, we were going to try and rattle through this a little bit quicker, but I kind of just, there's so much interesting stuff happened in that slalom. Um, that run from Clement O'Well, Ben, I know that you will, I know that you're about to agree with me, but did you just see shades of uh, Baptiste Grange, just that sort of effortless skill of just like floating down there, but absolutely ridiculously quick? Yeah, and the line he was taking was so aggressive. I don't know how on earth he has... I mean, obviously, his incredible slalom skier is how on earth he can do it. But how you have the confidence, it doesn't take, like... Normally, when you take that kind of line, it only takes one kind of slight misjudgment. You might kind of either tip a gate or hit it with your boot, and all of a sudden, you, you kind of even subconsciously back off. And I think he must have caught about three or four in his boots because commentators kept saying that they thought he'd straddled and I was just like, no, he's just taking an absolute monster line. But like you said, it looks kind of like he's gliding the whole way. His touch, I mean, Schwartz is quite similar. Schwartz looks even more relaxed when he's doing it because Clement Noel is a bit bigger. He, he, he looks like he's probably putting down a bit more power, but he, he was so relaxed. And especially having seen, on the, especially on the second one, having seen a bunch of people ski out, just in front of him you'd think there'd be a bit more nerves um but he was just absolutely like nerves of steel on that yeah. second run yeah it was very very epic right okay anything else to add on that mega slalom day before we move on gents shake of the head let's head over to samaritz is where we're going pick take yourself back to double super g our first race was proper samaritz wasn't it it's just that open big open piece big lovely long turns fast terrain everything that you'd want to see when you when you watch a super g um, and lara gooper i'm just carried on with that super g form that she had last season as well as you know good racing out in uh, lake louise a couple of weeks ago um and managed to sneak in in front of sophia godger and schifrin good to see her on the podium we said last week schifrin looked like she found a bit of form uh, in Super G after the couple of weird downhill results. Um, so it's great, great to see her back on the podium again. But yeah, I was, I was really excited to see how it would go with Goop Brahmi and Godja. Obviously, Goop Brahmi on the home snow. I think she won there last year as well. And, and Godja just taking no prisoners. It was, it was awesome, uh, awesome racing to watch. I told you, and I, I bet that Lara Good was pretty happy that she was beating Godja finally, I would assume, after after the after the start of the season so he was she was seemed to be unbeatable but as i, I quite as i quite right, rightly picked her i knew she would be winning so just pointing that out here just just a good big pat on the back for you marcel well well done <laughs> <laughs> now she uh, yeah i think you're right actually ben in terms of um or who's who uh, which one of you <laughs> just said it about about really pleased to get one over on um on Godier after that sort of domination that she had out in North America. So I think for, for Goot to actually put, you know, her flag in the sand, as it were, to, to go and get it done was, um, was important. And then, you know, such a shame that second day, that was an absolute colossal crash. That weather looked so tricky uh, and a lot of people taking their foot off the gas. I think, I think Goot just took a slightly more direct line into that role before and then had to just tuck it in, you know, bang it in quite straight and just hit caught out by that compression and straight through those uh, that double set of b-nets um which are actually designed I mean, they weren't a-nets. 
No, they're not A nets. I know that they called. I know that that was called A nets in commentary. But A nets, for those of you that don't know, A nets are those massive ones that are uh, have on metal poles that are stabbed into the ground. They are the ones that stop you going into trees, off cliffs, uh, and all that sort of stuff. So they're so the A nets are designed. So those are normally. Those are normally the ones where the mountain stops. Yeah, exactly. Those are the ones that decide <laughs> yeah, catch you. stop yeah. you. You will stop here. A nets, you, you shall not pass. Whereas B nets are the ones that are a couple of meters tall and they usually set in banks of two or three and they're designed to slow you down. So you're actually supposed to crash through them and you're supposed to just slow down through them. So they're not supposed to sort of smash you back onto the piece. So they actually did what they were supposed to do, slowed her down. Uh, and thankfully, I mean, she skied off and skied down and we haven't seen anything across social media or from the Swiss, Swiss ski fed to say anything other than she is OK. Yeah, she just I saw an interview and she said she has a bit of like a sore shoulder, but seems like she will be she will be ready for the next races as well. So that's good. Good for her. I presume they'd stick her in a MRI machine or something, make sure all of her joints are still yeah. properly attached, though. You would, you would how many, presume. How many times have you killed, um, kissed one of those nets, Ed? Uh, too many times to remember, and they're not a very, <laughs> they're not a pleasant place. Although they are far more pleasant than an A net. I've been in an A net, and those are terrible places. <laughs> and it all stops at A net. Everything stops very quickly, <laughs> and, you, <laughs> and you don't often walk away from That's, those. And they didn't have the. Uh back protector airbags when you were racing it did they no no just hardy we were back then ben we used trees to stop ourselves <laughs> <laughs> have you guys have you guys ever watched like those downhill videos from back in the days oh. when they had like wooden fences in kidsville oh can't we like, like a youtube video a highlights video it's ridiculous like nothing i've ever seen before it was crazy mental. <laughs> those were really i thought they just had like a bunch of <laughs> they just had Austrian farmers with pitchforks that like, pushing yeah, you back online. Yeah, pine needles to help show the way. Just a little <laughs> dusting of pine needles and uh, and basically no nets, just snow fences. <laughs> I mean, it's it's great that we have like all of this like safety and stuff, but to look at it, it looks quite it looks quite interesting with like the straw on the sides where they can crash into like some wooden fences <laughs> and some pine needles to show them the way. Nothing was proved, not. Oh God, I God, I need to stop talking now, but it just looks, it just looks really nice. Not really nice probably for them because some of them did have proper crashes, but it looked like a proper ski race. Yeah, I mean, I think they did the right thing. They moved the, they moved the um, start down on that second day. It was just a sort of the sprint super G almost, wasn't it? Was it a minute-ish for the win? So it's one of those <laughs> yeah, things 50, where- 57, actually, yeah. But yeah, well, there you go. It, better to get some racing than no racing, but Samaritz is often- you know, is um, the the elements play a big part because there's obviously no trees, so you're literally out in the out in the open with no shelter at all. So you feel everything there. But I think they did well to get it away, and and the racing seemed fair. You know, sometimes yeah, of course somebody's going to get a gust the right way, the wrong way, no gusts, big gusts, and but it's outdoor racing. Um, and not, not to go on about the Formula One, <laughs> but at least our stuff is, do is down to ourselves. What was it that he said on the radio? This is racing or something. Didn't he say this is motor racing? That's ski racing. Is that why I need well, to it, be? At least, at least FIS has a good race director. Like, I mean, can you imagine Marcy being being the FIS race director? He's like, all right, boys, <laughs> you... Um, you stop now in the middle of the race. Oh no, you can keep on going. Oh no, you have to. You have to let 
the next race where I would take you, I just that would be disastrous. I think the face is doing a good job at the moment. Actually. Yeah, yeah, but me too. I think yeah, let's away from Formula One quickly. Um, but uh, no, no, so, no, just, no, no F one chat. No, F1 they did do good. No, I think they they made great calls and we got racing away and it was safe and. Yeah, yeah the, first, the first GS in, in Val d'Isere, to be fair, like it was snowing a lot. And I saw some pictures from a couple of days beforehand. And it seemed like I, I thought there is no way they're going to have a race. But FIS and, and obviously the organizers in Val d'Isere have done a brilliant job, I thought, um, with, the, with the slopes in both days. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that podium on that second day, Brianoni picked up her first podium. She looked ecstatic. And I think actually, hopefully for her, it's the start of things to come. Cortoni, the surprise italian on the podium because i think everyone expected it to be somebody else and Schifrin backing that up alice robinson best ever super g fourth so plenty of uh, good stuff going on italians have a, had a mega weekend to be fair i mean they have been yeah, they had five is it five in the top 10 on that second uh super g yeah it was, it was it was really good um uh yeah i was i was really surprised just kind of like looked down the results obviously watched it at the time you don't realize how many people from any one country are, uh, are in there but yeah the, the italians had a, had, a, had a great day out but it was good for them because i remember us talking about it last year and they had a bit of a rough time so it's good to good to see them back back on the podiums and also in the speed disciplines i mean Pasino was good last year as well but brignone wasn't like up to what she was the year before and eleanor cortoni seeing her on the podium again is obviously great yeah, I think you got what do, what did they have? They had yeah, five in the top ten. Marsaglia was ninth, Bassino was eighth, Goggia fifth. You also had Delago picking up fifteenth. Um Goggia's now got 17 World Cup victories, making her the most successful female Italian of all time. Um so You mean Brignone? Yeah, what did I say? You said Goggia. Yeah, not Goggia, but yeah. Which up the other one? So I think they did really well. But it's interesting, the Nations Cup side of things, because um, but they give points for everything. But if you look at, like, Italy have had four World Cup wins um, this year. Switzerland have only had one, and the Austrians haven't had any on the women's side. Oh, you keep on going, mate. You keep on going, bashing the Austrians here. I mean, Ramona Ziebenhoff, I remembered how to go fast again this weekend. Um, I thought she was just, I thought she, well, I thought she was just turning back into like, well, just going into GS specialist because like, like the last few years, she's been a speed specialist. And then last year she started doing a few more GSs and and picked up some surprisingly good results. And then this year it looks like she's got a bit of uh, speed form as well as the GS form. So it's, it's, it's good that she's got that form coming back because the, uh, yeah, there hasn't been a huge amount going on outside of Leansburger until last weekend when they got a couple couple podiums as well. Podiums with uh, Puchner. What, what you know? Let's let's go for the let's go for the Austrian chat, Marcel. What are they saying? Well, they're obviously not super excited about it. I mean, they they definitely expected a bigger start into the season. I mean, the men's side downhill super cheese is obviously great with Meyer winning and and Kriechmar being fairly good as well. But I think with the rest of the results, obviously with the Technical men's technical resort, they were not happy. And Solden wasn't good for the woman. And I think it was, I think it's a bit mixed feelings. And hopefully they, they can get like up to speed pretty quickly because Olympia is not that far away. So we'll, we'll see. But there's actually one thing I would like to point out in that Super G. And it's great to see because you always talk about how hard it is for other nations 
than the big ones to be quick in, in speed disciplines. And there was someone from Bosnia and Herzegovina. Her name uh, is Musa Feria Elvidina. I'm sorry for uh, that was wrong. But she got, I was going to say, I'm going to let Marcel do the pronunciation of this lady's name. But she, she actually ended up being 18th with 51, which I thought was outstanding. And she's born 1999. So, hey, just wanted to give her a shout out as well. Not sure if she's listening, but I'm sure they. I'm sure she is. I'm. I think they we, all get. We, might, we might open a new market there now by uh, mentioning her as well. Yeah, well done, Marcel. Um, beers in the post. Good, perfect. <laughs> but, no, no, you're right, and it is great to see um, somebody else in the mix, and hopefully, it's the start of start of um, things to come. Shall we move on to the men's GS? Because we've got a little bit to get through with all our predictions later. Yeah. Yes, nodding. Okay, yes. Yeah. Odomat smashed it, didn't he? Pantro tried to smash it, but uh, Odomat just had just had the edge, didn't he? With uh, Manu Fella, hello to the uh, giant slalom podium, uh, and another good result for him. So yeah, banging banging set of races. Conditions look really tough. I mean, we t- we spoke about it on our little WhatsApp group. I d- I'm not a fan of some of the racing <laughs> when it's on the fast, when it's like that, because it just it makes everybody look rubbish. Uh, even the best in the world makes can make them look rubbish, but the, the conditions certainly played a part. It was very, very difficult. You were outvoted by both Marcel and I, who said, no, we like to watch them struggle. Uh, it makes them look more pain. human. Um, <laughs> I agree, actually. No, no fair enough. No, each to their own. I just, yeah. No, the, the conditions were, were tough, and, it, and, it, and there were parts of it that weren't, that weren't pretty. Um, but at the same time, that you know, that is what racing is about. You do have to be able to adjust. At no point did I think it was un- unsafe or you know unsatisfactory racing conditions. Like Marcel has already said, it had absolutely shut down with snow for basically a week beforehand. So how they got that piece uh, in a suitable condition is is still uh, slightly unknown to me. But even in that, there's there's people starting in the in the in the 40s making it through to the second run so it's not like it was completely unskiable um i think it was thomas tumler of the of the uh, swiss team ended up 15th from bib 49 obviously his high start number i think was more kind of injury based than than quality based but still the fact that people can come from that far back we've seen other races where people higher than 35 don't make it into the second run so uh, there was clearly something uh, it, uh, there for the higher uh, bibbed racers, but it was it was incredible, and you, you talked about it a little bit already. Uh, Ed Pantro looked like he got his second run right. I was not expecting him to be as far off as he was when Odomat came down. I was just Odomat just got everything, maybe not perfect, but he did everything he had to do, um, and and then some. I thought Pantro had done enough to put the pressure on and, and maybe be a lot closer than that. I mean, it's, it's a tricky one, right? So I, I thought he was he was actually skiing brilliantly in the second round, Pintero. But with Odermatt, if you have already three wins or two wins in the pocket and like some really good other results, you know, it's it's just like the flow that you're in. You you cannot do anything wrong. And I hope he can I hope he can keep it for his own sake. But it's going to be tricky to maintain that for the whole season. But he, what he does really well is like he cuts the line so tightly, in, even in GS. And he barely, I mean, he makes mistakes, but he recovers really quickly from them. In terms of like how he looks, I don't think he looks like the prettiest, but it doesn't matter because he's the quickest. 
but he just has found a way for himself to cut the line really short, just go for it on every turn. And he's just in the form of his life. Um, he was great last year, but this year he made another step up, I think. Yeah, it's definitely another level to last year. But you're, you're totally right. It's not it's not textbook technique, but what he's doing that with that ski, just the minute he steps on it, it just bites and arcs and he just he's constantly over the top of it. He never seems to to sort of be pushed into any other position other than the best one. But um, yeah, Pantero is definitely going to have his work cut out. But, you know, Pantero's solid technique or certainly, you know, it will uh, fare him well as the season goes on because at some point all those risks do catch up with you. And, you know, for Pantero to keep that consistent, solid form and uh, he's going to, which he's going to need if he's going to start challenging for the overall because he's a long way off already and he's going to have to step up in slalom which because... Odomat is picking up points everywhere and big points everywhere as well so Pantero I think we'll see a little bit more of that pressure situation and whether he I don't know will do something different to try and get his head around it maybe it was a bit of a surprise in the in the GS that that he's still behind Odomat and that was maybe something that threw him off slightly but he'll know it now and he'll know that what he's got to do and he'll know that he has to make some changes yeah you know sometimes it's good to get like to get it shown that you actually wake up yeah wake up call um frustratingly for me fev what was he doing i think i'm gonna have to give him a call he had a coffee midway through it looks like he didn't have the best of days I, I, do you know what what's annoying me marcel is here i was actually pretty pretty pleased with my selections for this set of races and i walk away with like three points um <laughs> which well, Pantero, I thought slalom. I was like, yeah, solid slalom ski, a great technique. He's quick in the slalom. Didn't make the second run. <laughs> and then uh, Fev, I was like, oh yeah, he's you gonna... jinxed him. Mate. You jinxed him. That's the problem. I'm not Ben. Ben jinxes people. Stop. I don't. It seems like you jinxed him nowadays. <laughs> not this weekend. <laughs> Stop picking him. Not this weekend. I got both. I got both winners in the men's this week. I nearly um... doubled my points all. From last season as well, I think. By, by, by the look of it. How many points did I make? <laughs> you got negative points because you didn't pick when you were supposed to pick. Uh, but this week, um, see a slight shake up in the list. So Ambrose Pivak is leading with 54 points. Phoebe 2019 and old Robin Kellen Ski are in joint second with 51. GB Ski 50 as well as uh, just Sam has 50 points as well. So then, um, yeah, some big points. 18 was the biggest points haul over the weekend. So nobody got everything right. Um, but Ambrose Pivak pretty much got everything right. Marcel, annoyingly, you did quite well. You have moved up into 41st position. I plummeted uh, like a stone down to... Uh, <laughs> Uh, where I'm, I can't even. I'm too far down. I can't even <laughs> see me. Oh, I. <laughs> the extra list can't take that many names. You're so far down, mate. Fifty first place, and Ben. Uh, ben, I think, mate, you you've done well for you, but I, I still can't, I can't find you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even know how many points. Do you have many I think points? I was like a hundred and seventy something going into this weekend. <laughs> Do you have many points you've got, Ben? Oh, there you are, ninety third. Eleven points you scored. Uh, so maybe we'll be putting we, those. Maybe we give you the points oh, you scored last year. Yeah, well, I'll be, we'll put those on social media so you guys can check them out. Um, but we have a lot of racing to get through this weekend because the schedule is mental, absolutely mental. 
um, as it always is at this time of year before Christmas. So there are a lot of picks to get through this weekend. So if you are entering the league, if you're one of the, the people that play, head over to the website because we'll have all of the races on there uh, because basically... You're right, get a pen and paper out because the races, this is the races. So for the men, they are racing this coming Friday, the 17th in Val Gardena. They've got Super G. Then Saturday, they've got Downhill. The Sunday, the 19th, they are in Alta Badia racing GS as they are on Monday. They're also racing GS. And then on Wednesday, the 22nd, they race Slalom. So the men race 17, 18, 19, 20, 22 of December. The women race in Val d'Isere. They have Saturday, Sunday, Downhill and Super G. And then they race Double GS over in Courchevel on Tuesday and Wednesday. So basically, stop listening to me and get over to the website because that is where you're going to find out how many races you need to enter. You need to enter all of the races um, that are between now and Christmas because there's no there's no gap for a pod there's no gap for an update so you need to enter everything please is that done have i done have i done what i did have you have you thought about your picks because otherwise ben and i go ahead and you just no you you are the last person to pick after that weekend after doing oh i can't come on the podcast oh then i'm going to pick all the favorites wham 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 and then (laughs) no i I do that occasionally so i I can pick so i have some free picks and then i'll come back on yeah, yeah, we've noticed and it's been noted. So your penalty <laughs> is last pick. Fine. Is that, I'll still <laughs> isn't that fair? Huh? I'm, still I'm too busy laughing. <laughs> Not that I'm bitter or annoyed or anything, but you can <laughs> do one to back a cue, sunshine. <laughs> ben. I mean, if Marcel gets like all of the points, there should be some special rule where we spot points that weekend and he gets none and I get all of his points. Yeah, can I play like a wild card at any point and just swap my scores for ourselves? Double, double points. You only managed to get <laughs> um, play too much fantasy football and playing wild cards and it just never works. Oh, it's gonna, it's gonna be tough, isn't it? Um, okay, so we will start. Should we do men then women or should we do it in date order? Let's get the women's first. Yeah, no, you're the boss. Okay, let's do women first. Now, let's don't do... give him that satisfaction of calling him the boss for the for the predictions lead because he thinks he can change the rules like whatever he wants. You know, I told you, I, I am, um, what's his name? Massey. I'm the guy that just makes up the rules as he goes along. And then yeah, my you're, rules. You're as bad as a, as a director as he is, really. That'd be much better. Just my, really, <laughs> this is my, this is ski racing. This is the ski racing podcast. I do what I want. Is that okay? I'm sure that's okay. Uh, ben, have you got a pen and paper ready for the the, the list? Okay, yes, Ben. I'm good ben, to go. Would, would you like to go? Would you like to go first for the Where downhill? Where are we picking first? Let's Down, work this women, out. Women's downhill from Val I'm going to say Sophia Goggia. and I will say Lara Goot. Oh, do you think she's going to be signed off to race? Yeah, I reckon she's back in. I reckon she's in. Oh, God, that's tricky. Tricky, tricky, tricky. I'll go for Federica Brignone. You know what? She's on form now. Okay. Uh, Super G. Oh, Ben, you've just thrown a spanner in my works because I wasn't... I was thinking that the Goots a definite starter, and now I'm nervous that she's not going to start. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go. So my, I'm going to mind go. games, are, mind games, are all I've got. Yeah, 
I'm going to go Goggia then for the Super G. I'm going to go for Brignoni. Oh, I want to go for the double header, but I'll just go for Good then. Okay. You, she, you know she's going to be racing. She knows she's going to take the first one easy and Marcel's going to get points in both. Probably. <laughs> Getting a bit the confidence back and then I, my pick gets in. So no uh, shouts for Breezy. She's been flying in the downhill so far. Oh, that's a good point, Ben. It's a good point. Too late now. Next. Next. On we uh, go. <laughs> okay. Women's GS. Courchevel, please. Uh, me. No, Ben. <laughs> no, we're going... Oh, Ben, you sorry. Okay, ben. <laughs> I've been it doesn't really matter whether I go first or last because no one's going to take my pick for this one. You're going to yeah, go first, Wally, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, Courchevel. I mean, she's, you know, Tarantos anyway, so it's set in stone. Come on, Tessa. Don't let me down again. So you're you're going to say Tessa Wally. Gone. Yeah. The race is gone for Tessa Wally already. I'm really sorry to say. She's been jinxed. <laughs> Marcel is literally just, he's, he's not impressed with that call at all. Uh, I'm going to say Schifrin. And I'm going to say Alice Robinson. Oh, nice. Um, race two, I am going to go. Oh. I'm going to go Schifrin and go first. Uh -huh. Oh, sneaky, sneaky. Um, Bassino, race two. So Bassino and Schifrin are gone. God, I should know who was good at the last year's. Um, last I go for Brigonia. Brignone. Brignone. That's good. Last year, last year. Oh, actually, yeah, I go for Vlahova. Sorry, Vlahova. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to be the next words out of my mouth of no one's going for the defending overall world uh, champions. Okay, Val Gardena, men's Friday race. Ooh. What's the Friday, the Super G? Friday Me Super first? G. Me first now or not? Uh, no, you, you have to pay your penalty. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're paying a Can penalty. I go first on one race? One race only. Yeah, you get to go first in one race. Which race would you like to go first in? You don't call it now, though, but you can you can go first in one race. The first, Alta Badia GS. Okay, right. So you, uh, I'm going to go first. I'm going to say Odomat for the Super G. I am going to say Kilda. And I'm going to say Meyer. I knew you were going to do that. The thing is, the thing I is, it's not it. actually, it doesn't really matter on the men's side, I think, in terms of first, second, third, because there's so many different guys that could. That is, that is actually true. Monster it. Um, Downhill, I am going to go mm, Kriegmeier. I'm going to say Foyt's return to form. Return and on. I'm going to go for the big Italian man, Dominic Paris. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> he always does well there, to be fair. At yeah, least yeah. in downhill. Yeah, it's very true. I think it's... um. It is a good one. No, no, Ryan Cochran Siegel. Americans like it there. He did have yes. a, a blast. There's too many. There's too many guys to pick from. Yeah, it's too many good. So difficult. Oh my God, Pinterop. <laughs> Pinterop. I'm not going for not going for the favourite. <laughs> ben, you can you can you can go first. You want me to have Odomat? Thanks, mate. <laughs> uh, um, I I'm actually sort of not sure who to go for with the other position because so nobody's really been Kranjak no Zubcic Zubcic 
Because he, he actually I mean, was doing quite well, then he crashed, wasn't he, in the gym? I was going to say, he was, he was skiing well in Valdezere, and he's, yeah, he's good. Uh, okay, the other GS, I am going to go with Odomat. Uh, Ed says Odomat. I'll go with Pantero then, so Marcel has to pick someone else. No, I'll go with Subtic. Guess why? Because he's so strong, and there are two races just behind each other, so he will have the most energy reserves. He says it with such confidence. You know that they're all strong, and you know that. Mark, my, mark my words. Mark my words. On the second day, on the second run, he will lay one down when everyone might be getting a bit tired. Okay. Fine. I mean, also he did one less run this weekend, so he'll be <laughs> even fresher. And he's not done any of the speed races, so he's just had a holiday. He but... basically, had, well, for Croatian standards, he definitely had a holiday, but he probably trained <laughs> about fifty thousand runs. Meanwhile. <laughs> He had one day off and the Croatians can't him, believe him it. And Ibiza, him and Ibiza walked up at five in the morning because the, the chairlift wasn't working. <laughs> trained, trained by car lights to make sure that they had enough daylight to do their 60 runs. Um, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like a joke, but those guys trained incredibly, incredibly hard. No, that say. is no joke. Like Ibiza Kostic, when he was younger, he was training in this Austrian ski resort. In a and and he yeah and he was walking up like yeah, he trained I, slaloms for like 120 gates something like that yeah, wearing wearing weights vests you know those weight vests that the, you yeah. know, the gym i remember watching him ski those 120 gate slaloms with a weights vest on and i'm not surprised if he would have done it in the dark as well because that simulates like bad visibility <laughs> um madonna noel you're not going first. Yeah, oh, you're, I am. You're going first, are you? Yeah, Ben. Oh, ben. oh, I really want to say Dave. It'll get really mad if I pick him, um, especially with my form. <laughs> don't, don't, um, don't do that, <laughs> call Dave. It's illegal. I'm not allowed to do I'll just wait. I'll wait for the Olympic special and then pick him on that one. Um, oh, I'm going to go a little bit. Huh? Don't. Yeah, no. I'll wait. I, I just won't be allowed at all. Um, I'm going to go a little bit. Um, off to the side and go uh, Fuss Solovec for the Salon. Yeah, it's a good shout. And I go with... Manifella, okay, cool. I go with Manifella, actually. Yeah. You are? Oh, I was only joking, but yeah. No, I actually go you think one. he can put two runs together? Well, he did it in the GS, so he probably can do it in the Salon. Do you know what? Vinatza, uh, you know, he might be a good shout for the book for bookies. Okay, I, that's with, those, were my two, those were my two not the favourites between him and Foss Olivag was who I was going to pick for and I was just like if Finatz will probably just bail um, just going way too hard they've had some funky sets at Madonna haven't they didn't they have like the really silly diagonal combination the other year I don't I can't remember actually but it does sound it sounds they do like um, I just like that piece it just looks it looks mega with the floodlights and stuff it looks wicked Marcel, are you sticking with fella? Well, yeah, I don't want to jinx anyone, so I'll... I'll, I'll okay, maybe. maybe Just jinx the Austrian. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll stick with fella. Okay, so the, 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 we've got our picks in. You can spend the next half an hour putting your guys' picks in because uh, it's going to take you that long to try and figure them out. But, um, gentlemen, thank you very much. Happy Christmas. Hopefully, uh, you guys are all set for a long few days of racing uh, set your tv remotes to uh, record and we will see you on the other side bye for now